welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 166. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just one bean on the line with me, and it's it's not Cracker. Cracker has let us down. He's broken his streak. We are instead joined by Chewy. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. I, I'll try to be an adequate replacement. You know, big shoes to fill, uh, big beard to fill. Yep, he does wear very big shoes, so yes. He, much bigger than you and I, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, probably because he's about a foot and a half taller than us. Yep, uh, yep. But uh, yeah, uh, good to be on. Uh, Hope Cracker is resting up. Yeah, just feeling a bit under the weather. It's that time of year, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's freezing <laughs> in Melbourne. I it just was had super a super windy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of rain. It's uh, we live up in the hills, not sort of in the burbs. It's always uh, a couple of degrees cooler up here. Uh, but I just had a massive delivery of red gum. Uh, firewood Ooh, nice. delivered and got that stacked in the woodshed. And, and you got to chop yeah. it all up. No, no, all, all chopped up. All, oh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we paid the extra. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but on, it just, just burns for hours. I do love chopping wood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is good fun. And I, uh, I did start the fire tonight with some, um, fatwood shavings and a, uh, and a fire steel. So, you know, not, not all, uh, yuppie fired. Just, you know, got to, have a bit of fun every now and then. But anyway, um, it's uh, not very magic-related, is it? <laughs> I mean, is anything we talk about these days magic-related? <laughs> just, it's just all tangents, isn't it? Just one big yeah, tangent. Pretty much. And, you know, the, eventually you'll get back to the topic. You know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Yep. So, yeah, but, but yeah, a bit to talk about tonight. What have we got, what have we got on, the, uh, on, on, the, on the card? Yeah, well, yeah, a couple of, like... Really small things to touch on, and then we're going to delve into Explorer. So we have kicked off our Explorer League this week, a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah, we're going to go back and have a bit of a look at that because we haven't spoken about that for quite a while, uh, even though it is a format that most of the Beans actually enjoy playing. So yeah, we're going to sort of delve into that, have a bit of a look at the decks and, and what we're seeing in the metagame and what we're looking at playing or have been playing, and go go through that. So... Before we get into that, though, Chewy, we do need to shout out our awesome sponsors, so you can do the honours. Absolutely. I'm just racking my brain to see whether the Delve cards are in Explorer. No, they are not. No, they are not. No. Okay, yeah. So uh, so we're not going to delve into it literally, but no. uh, if you do want to get your hands on some Delve cards, because they're very powerful cards and uh, super fun to play with, a really good place to go is Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction group with nightly auctions, premium auctions on the weekend. Uh, they're currently running a giveaway for the Lord of the Rings uh, set that's coming out in a couple of weeks, so Go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you straight to the page, to the Facebook page. You can get bidding. You can get your entry into that uh, that giveaway. Uh, Pat does giveaways, you know, every set. It's super good value. All you need to do is be there. And, yeah, get bidding. Outbid your friends. Pick up some bargains. And uh, when you do, please tell them that the bean sent you. Very good. All right. Well, we'll jump straight into it. So... On the last podcast, we spent a fair bit of time talking about the standard rotation or lack of rotation announcement. Uh, we, we went quite deep on that, but part of, of what rant, was a, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> part of what we're saying is we were expecting you know more details, that sort of thing, but also there to be a fair bit of banning. So we haven't got any more on the details side of that, but Wizards did come out in, I don't know, like a week or something after that announcement was made to say there is going to be a ban announcement. It's an announcement of an announcement. Ban happening on the 29th of May. So that is Monday next week. So they, they I think they wanted to do it a bit earlier, but there is actually an arena championship, which is like the arena pro tour level event on this coming weekend. That is so standard. Yeah, it's standard. So yes. March Machine draft, standard. It's actually it's thirty two players and two hundred grand in prizes. So these things are huge. <laughs> it's just like crazy E V in them, but they're they're quite hard to qualify for. So because of that, because of that being standard and, you know, players already being in the testing process, all that sort of thing, they didn't want to do the banning until after it. The downside to that is the tournament's gonna to finish on the Sunday evening and then the next morning we're gonna have a ban announcement and all those decks and all the time you spent watching those players play those decks is now just 
like out the window and we're going to have a have a new format. So yeah, it's it's really fun to watch the some of the best players in the world play for huge amounts of money in effectively a dead format, right? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. it's strange. Uh, Push the I open mean, back two weeks. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like re- remember back in the day on the like we're going to go on a tangent here, Chewy. Remember back in the day, Pro Tours. It Let was- the record show that Shorty started the first tangent, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hang on, hang on. You'll talk about firewood. <laughs> Yeah, you've already got that. Up. Anything before the sponsor announced, oh, okay, that's okay. a wild west, that's right? Fair game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the day, we used to have the pro. Uh, we'd have a set release, and then literally two weeks later, we would have pro the pro tour, and yeah. it was awesome. Glory days, fresh format, pros figuring stuff out. Like they set the this is what the meta game's going to be, all that sort of stuff. I don't know when we got away from that and when Wizards decided, oh, no, 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 we can't. We can't do a banning two weeks before a major event because, you know, that's going to mess up the players. Like, players yeah, deal I with it. Know. Like, that's that's yeah. that's what they do. You, I don't want to watch a pro tour of a solved metagame, right? No. I Because everybody plays the same deck as we saw at the last event, right? So, you know, the... It, <sighs> Having things being new breeds diversity, and you get these situations where there, you know, there's these double bluffs, and there's like trying to find that edge, and and there's been times where, you know, people have like rolled the dice and won the pro tour just because they have, you know, done something that's unconventional, and there was a a limited format, a team format with the uh, virulent sliver. Uh, and you know the the sliver boys or the sliver bros, whatever they called themselves, they went in with a plan and you know that sort of thing. And the colorless Eldrazi deck, there's you know many many examples. And yeah, rather than people playing you know for a month on arena and looking at all the data and and all the rest of it, you know it's and everyone rocks up with four Fable of the Mirror Breaker and four Shieldreds, and you know you get all of those uh, you know black mid-range decks that we saw a couple of weeks ago and yeah wizards wizards is not helping themselves sell their pro- the the high level players a product uh by doing it that way so yeah a bit of a yeah. uh bit of a shame like what i found from that old system was like new set would come out it's like yep sweet go to the pre-release and then it's like all right i'm not gonna buy cards straight away because there's going to be a pt in two weeks but then as soon as that pt happens it's like oh man that deck looks awesome and then you're rushing out to buy product or buy singles to get the cards for that cool new deck that you've just seen (laughs) from the pro tour and and that is just gone now we're like we just we just don't get those that excitement so anyway we, we can go down a huge rabbit hole on this tangent but Either way, there is a ban coming next week. It's only meant to be for standard. They're not doing any updates for anything else. They did also announce as part of this, which we, we haven't spoken about, that they've, they've said they're going to do a yearly ban update for all the formats. So once a year, and I think it's around that like September, October time, like when that set comes, uh, releases. Mm-hmm. So once a year, ban- banning, that's it. Then there's there's no like heavy handed banning all the time, but they've reserved the right that if there is an emergency like something like you know Oko or Felidar Guardian or something like that, like something that was completely missed and it breaks a format, they they have a window to do an emergency ban. I think it was either two or three weeks after a set releases, and that's it. So I don't I don't, I, I, I don't hate this. I I don't hate that uh, having a yearly ban, but. Limiting yourself on the emergency bands is is dangerous. Mm. So, like they they have talked about wanting stability and uh, you know, like people feeling that it's safe to buy cards and, and things. So, uh, having a, a yearly ban helps that contributes to that. Whether whether that's the right choice or not remains to be seen. But it's a yeah, having an emergency ban is still Limiting yourself on that is is just hella dangerous because I mean, if a set comes out and then you miss the window and then something gets discovered and particularly in older formats and um, you know something in modern or, or legacy or pioneer becomes oppressive and it wasn't discovered right away, you know you have to wait another three months to the next set comes out before you can ban something from the previous set. Unless mm. they're saying we can only ban cards from the current set, otherwise, in a, in that window, because then you're stuck with the oppressive thing for twelve months. 
Yeah. So that it that that part of it doesn't make sense. It's classic wizards where they've gone. We've got some sort of sensible idea, but our implementation is just really poor. <laughs> so, just yeah, the standard. It's, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I'm responsible for some governance and change control and stuff uh, at work. You know, the, I've got twenty thousand people that use my system to treat patients. Uh, you know, seven major hospitals throughout the the state, and you know, we have a a fortnightly change cycle. But we also have at any time at my discretion an emergency change cycle. So if, you know, something is bad or something needs to be fixed uh, quickly, you know, we, we're not going to say, oh, sorry, nurses, you're going to have to go to paper for a week and a half. You know, we're just going to fix it. I'm not. Yeah, it's a it's. Oh wizards! Oh wizards! You know. <laughs> anyway, all right, we get we're getting down the rabbit hole. So yeah, yeah, yeah. band coming. Like at a bare minimum, everyone is assuming that Fable of the Mirror Breaker is is gone. Like if if they don't ban Fable, I don't know what's going on. Like whether it warrants a ban, you know, I've I've heard various people's take on this sort of thing, and some people think yep, definitely should go. Some people think no, it shouldn't. Uh, you know, everyone's got their their reason, but I think the general consensus is that everybody wants it gone. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's it probably it's interesting will go. because we. El Drain was actually longer ago than we thought than we think it is, but we think about the number of band and you know there's there's the, all of those all of those cards you know Okos and and friends out of that El Drain era, and then we had Uro uh, around the same time, and all of those things that you know all those Simic cards. Fable of the Mirror Breaker doesn't seem as powerful as those cards, right? No, and that's so, what people say. Like it's not. It's not a broken card on its own. No, no, it's not. But it's so good and it's so ubiquitous with the format. Uh, it, it it's strangling diversity. And I, look, maybe Shieldred falls into for for that reason. Maybe Shieldred or some other card from those black base decks, whatever that might be. Maybe the Invoke Despair or something. I'm not. I'm not advocating for one or the other in particular, or trying to make a prediction. But just from a uh, a format diversity perspective, particularly with the you know uh, less frequent rotations, they need to have something that breeds diversity. And if something is the most played card, then it should be at least looked at for a banning. Yeah. So whether whether they do or not, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's two ways that Wizards is going to go on this. They're either going to ban like one card, just Fable, maybe one other card. That's it. Like really light on it. Or they're going to go 10 cards and fully shake up the format, which is basically the same as a rotation. <laughs> like, yes. if you ban like <laughs> 10 to 15 cards that are the, you know, the rares and mythics that are heavily played, it's basically the same as rotating. <laughs> We're just going to ban every card in exactly. the Kamigawa set. Yeah. And in the you know and yeah we're just gonna have a rotation yeah that yeah. would that would it's probably make a, sense yeah soft soft rotation or whatever. I mean I guess I guess it means that you still have access to you know the commons and uncommons and so hopefully we'll see some of those older cards come into play with new sets as they come out so who knows like a uh, yeah uh, I, I just don't I know, just want to we'll I just want to go I want to play this deck because it looks cool or hey this deck would be really good if I didn't have to play against Fable or Sheldred. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, like the format, there's a lot of powerful cards in standard, and there's a lot of sets. Uh, there's a lot of cool decks to be had, but they're that you know, ten percent, five percent below the the black cards and fable. So you know, if you want to play competitively, then you know you're shooting yourself in the foot by playing those. So yeah. Anyway. Is what it is, but you know, that's enough about standard. Let's talk about Explorer. Yeah, well, speaking of formats where you can play a whole bunch of fables, uh, Explorer is <laughs> definitely one of those. Oh yeah, uh, plenty of decks playing fables. So uh, yeah, as I said earlier, we kicked off our league this Monday. So we uh, this is our second league for the year, second of three, and we decided to go with Explorer because none of us were interested in playing Standard. And for all the reasons up, we just mentioned, yes. we, we may end up playing Explorer for the rest of the year. For yeah, all those reasons we just said. So we will see. But yeah, league kicked off Monday night, and uh, a slight tweak to the structure this time. 
where uh, we now have three stages. We've spoken about this before, so but quick rundown: three three stages. We've split all the players, about forty five players, into two groups. So we've got twenty ish per group, and we're going to play our normal round robin for the next five weeks through those those two groups. And then we're going to take the top ten from each of those groups through to stage two, which is going to be something that I've have been wanting to try for a while, which is playing Swiss rounds but over a period of a few weeks. So this could be an absolute failure. And if that that happens, then we won't do it again, but it might work really well. So it's going to be six rounds, 20 players, six rounds, Swiss over three to four weeks. And then once those are all done, we're going to take the top eight and do our usual final. So it it gives the stage two and three a bit more of a traditional magic tournament feel where you're playing Swiss rounds and then a top eight cut. So that's the league. It has kicked off. If you want to join the league still, if you miss the cutoff and you want to get in, because of the way the structure is set up, you can still join late for the group stage. We can just jump you, throw you into one of the groups and you can get into your round-robin matches, but you don't want to leave it too late. You, know, you don't want to be jumping in, in probably the last week because you're going to struggle to get any matches done. So we had uh, De Broom on Monday night after I'd already done the groups and kicked the league off, jumped on the t- on the stream and, and went, oh, I forgot to... <laughs> forgot to register so we've thrown him in already uh but yeah explorer so chewy have you played much explorer uh i've been been jamming some ladder uh trying to find a deck that i i, I want to play uh there's a you know i can look at metagames on well actually finding a good metagame shake up of uh, or breakdown of explorer is hard but you know, been trying to to look at that. Also, you know, having a look at Pioneer because you know those formats are getting closer and closer together. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been playing a bit. I I think I'm at like my win rate is like combined win rate over the decks is like forty nine percent. So I, I <laughs> doing I <haven't>, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't found a deck that I uh, yeah I I really enjoy. Um, there's a deck that you've been playing, which we'll talk about a bit, that I got really excited about, but um, I was nowhere near enough rare wildcards, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I've, got to, I've got to find something else. Yeah. But it's a um, yeah, it's actually pretty diverse, and uh, a lot of what I've been playing has been uh, you know just best of one on my phone, so not getting I guess the full experience of you know and practice for our league because. I'm not sideboarding like we would in our best of three uh, matches in in that event, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty diverse, and um, yeah, we we've, we've got a bit of a list of you know different decks we want to talk about. We'll we'll divide up the ones that uh, Cracker put on on his list, but um, I'll start with like public service announcement: do not get sucked into playing Etherworks Marvel. It's <laughs> yes, I've tried that myself, and no. <laughs> yeah, you want it to be good. All of the cards are cool, and yeah, like it's a, it can it's be. A- good. It's it's one of those frustrating decks where it's like, yeah, I went off and I, you know, I spun the wheel and I flipped uh, all the mog and you know. Uh, oh, when you do that, it's great. But when you spin whatever. the wheel, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you spin up. the wheel and you go, oh, I got in a tune with the ether. Yeah. Or you. Uh, I, I had a, a really creative way that somebody killed me. So they played that Archon guy that says you can only play one card per turn, right? Yep. So I killed that, and then they um, they had fires out, and they played a Kenrith. Uh, so I went, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll kill the Ken. I, I tried to kill the Kenrith, and they pumped it, right? And I'm like, okay, they used their mana, but I forgot they had a treasure from Fable of the Mirror Breaker. And then I spun the Marvel, and in response to activating it, they animated the Emiria thing, so I couldn't cast the spell <laughs> off the yep. yeah. So it was just like, wow, that's a creative way to lose, like well yep. played opponent. But <laughs> yeah, and or you just draw all of your Ulamogs and none of your Marvels and yep. all the rest of it. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, so yeah, don't get sucked into don't, that. Don't play that deck. No, no, it's it's. Uh, I want it to be good. It's just not. Uh, but yeah, I guess so. First deck that I um, want to talk about. Not that I I'm I'm not interested in playing this deck. I'm not advocating for people to play this deck. But a deck you need to be prepared for if you if you want to start you know playing the ladder or you're you're going to play in our leagues. 
uh, it's Green White Angels, which is Mono White with with Collected Company, um, where you know you've got your Bishop of Wings and your uh, Righteous Valkyries, and you just end up with just this enormous board of huge flyers and a whole bunch of life and you can close out games really really quickly so just a uh, a really good sort of synergy deck um you know resplendent angel and giada and uh all of those uh all those cards that love uh, making things bigger and gaining life and you've got some skyclave apparitions and wandering emperors for uh for some removal and you know just coco people and you can just win from nowhere or you could coco out of skyclave apparition so you need to be prepared for this deck so damage base removal uh is something that you need to be uh you know play in limited numbers like you know uh you know you probably don't want to see this deck on the other side of the table when you're playing mono red shorty but <laughs> no. <laughs> no so uh, much life gain <laughs> exactly exactly and then like they just end up with like a seven eight flyer that you can't yeah, beat yeah. anyway i mean yeah. you, you can't get through most of the angels anyway like a whole bunch of them have four toughness it's like uh, exactly awesome. yeah yeah so you just got to be you've got to have a plan for this deck or you just have to accept that you know it's a, a matchup that you're you're right off so but the the deck is uh you know, it, it is really quite powerful and uh, it, it can assemble a very, very big board very, very quickly and it's popular. So I'm playing through Platinum at the moment and I reckon one in five matches that I'm playing uh, is, is against this, this archetype. So Yeah, right. Yeah, some of them have uh, Book of Exalted Deeds and Faceless Haven. Yep. Um. As as some Just sort of ex- extra fun, love fun times but combo. Yeah. Exactly. Because you know, yay. Um. But <laughs> yeah. Be 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 prepared for this. Uh. For this. Whatever your plan is for your deck. Uh. Yeah. Have it. Have at least have a, a sideboard plan for it. So yeah. What about uh? What about you? What's uh? What's got you excited? Uh. I mean, you can't go past mono red. You know, any any format where. Monterey can't a- go past Angels, we just said that. but <laughs> Yes, yes, but uh, yeah, any, any time there's a format that has a, a mono-red deck that is viable, then uh, you definitely got to look at that because, yeah, usually they are pretty cheap, pretty cheap in paper for starters, but uh, yeah, f- usually fairly cheap in the, the wild cards as well. But yeah, we've got a whole bunch of cards for uh, for the mono-red decks that, that uh, get on the field quickly and get aggressive. You know, your Monastery Swift Spears, Soul, Soul Scar Mages, your Bone Crusher Giants back again. Uh, we do actually have Eidolon of the Great Revel on uh, on Arena. So if, if you want to really burn people's face and punish them for, for casting a whole bunch of cheap things, like a whole bunch of angels that all cost three or less, then uh, that, that works really well. And then a bunch of burn. You know, Play with Fires, Lightning Strikes. We got Stoke the Flames in the, uh, in the recent set. So that certainly adds to it. And then Skew the Critics uh, is a good card. Yeah, Skew the Critics. Yep. Commando faces a- Kakazan is uh is always solid. That card that card is very good. Yes, yes. I I guess there's a couple of ways you could build mono red. Like you can tall brand Embercleave, or you yep. can be like, you know, the uh prowess one drops. You yep. can be a combination there's the, of there's the wizards package, so if you go the lava yeah. runner and, and Viachino yeah. Pyromancer and play Wizards Lightning, that sort of thing. So there's there's a bunch of different ways. Yeah, you, know, you can you can even go old school and play the uh, the runaway steamkin, that sort of stuff. There's there's heaps oh, of different ways you can build oh, mono red. And oh, I'm kind of interested to play the steamkin and the um what what's that enchantment yeah, called? Yeah um, yep, that one. Yeah. Experimental um, something? Yeah, experimental, experimental frenzy. Frenzy? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Wow, yeah. Played so much of that card, can't even remember what yeah. it's called. But I, I enjoyed that, but um, that was a mono red deck that I could get behind because it felt comboy. But it, it's a um, and well, it it negated that mono red problem where it's just like I got him to five, now I have got no cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you've also got light yeah. up the stage, which is mm. yeah good if you want that those options as well. So yep. there's heaps of different ways to build mono red, and it is it is a very good best of one deck, but it really struggles in best of three, and that that's always been mono red's issue, but. You know, you can play things like Chandra, Dress to Kill, the three-mana Chandra as well, that, that works quite well and keeps that sort of card advantage flowing. So if you've played Mono Red in the past, then it's a good place to start because you will you will have those games where you just get people dead really quickly. And, and even in post-sideboarded games, if you're 
if you get those quick starts, it is just it can just pile on the damage so quickly. So good place to start, usually pretty cheap, and if you've played red before, easy to get into for the wild card. So definitely give that a bit of a look. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yep. So a couple of decks that Cracker had on, on his list here is a couple of decks probably pretty close to his heart. We'll start with uh, with Rogues. Cracker loves the fish style strategies, um, those sort of tempo, sticky threat, uh, removal counters to protect your threat, win the game that way type things. And that that that's what Rogues do. And yeah, definitely something that you do see on ladder and, and things that I've played against quite a lot. So, uh, you know, the, the rogues package. So, uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer, Thought Thief, um, Brazen Borrower, um, Sheldred's a good card, apparently. So they've, uh, they've got that in there and, uh, they've picked up Fairy Mastermind, uh, which is the, uh, invitational card. Um, so it is a, uh, is it Yuda Takahashi? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so, uh, one and a blue for a two one, flash flying, uh, when an opponent draws their second card for the turn, draw a card, and then you can have each player draw a card for three and a blue. Uh, so a good addition to that deck. Uh, they play, uh, Kaito, the three mana planeswalker, and their, their spells package is, is actually really, really good. Like, Fatal Push, Spell Pierce, Thought Seize, Go for the Throat, a couple of Shouldered Edicts, and four Drown in the Lock, just like as a that modal card that answers so many things. You know, it's, it's that counter spell, it's that removal spell. When it, Whatever you need it to be, it, it's there. So um, a little bit of the fun police because it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, Thought Seize you and then counter you whilst my, you know, Brazen Borrow and Soaring Thoughts soaring thought thief just bash you in the air but uh again one of those decks that um you know if if that's your jam this is the beauty of the format right is whatever your jam is or whatever you feel like playing at the time you've got options so yeah cracker loves himself a rogue so i like it <laughs> uh, yeah i mean what else? like most of your creatures have uh, uh, like flash flying threats so yeah, yeah it's 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 a lot of fun. If you've never played that style of deck before, it is a lot of fun just basically playing on your opponent's turn. Just every turn, it's just like, yep, play a land, you'll go. Pass a turn, and, and your opponent's just sitting there going, oh, you've got three or four mana open. It can be creatures, it could be counters, it could be removal. And, yeah, you just get to react to whatever they're doing and then just play what's going to work best for you. So, yeah, it's certainly a lot cool. of fun. Yeah. Um, what else has Cracker got on his list there, Shorty? Let's just knock off a he couple has, of his. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, Grease Fang, which yeah, obviously we've seen we've seen for a while, and and is a pioneer, pretty much a direct port from Pioneer now as well. Yeah, we we know the deal with Grease Fang. We've we've seen it before. You you know putting a Seeker's Chariots and Parhelions and Sky Sovereign flagships into your graveyard through various means with your your Grizzly Salvages, your Stitches Suppliers. Whether you're uh, you're conniving from your Rafine's informant, say to Wayfinders, just so many ways to fill your graveyard quite quickly, and you can very easily put something into your graveyard on turn two, and then turn three play the namesake Greasefang, and just yeah reanimate a uh, a Parhelion, get a bunch of angels, and what is it? It's thirteen, I think you attack for when you attack with the the two angels and the the Parhelion. So yeah, something like that works quite yeah. well. Uh, one improvement that the decks had is Eldritch Evolution. So this is, if you haven't seen this card before, it's, it was from Eldritch Moon. It's one green green and an, as an additional cost to cast that you sack a creature and then you search your library for a creature card with mana cost or mana value X or less where X is two plus the sacks, sacked creature's mana cost and you put that onto the battlefield and you exile Eldritch Evolution. So it sack means you can... Supplier. Yeah, yeah. So you can mm -hmm. yeah turn one like Stitcher Supply. You can sack it, go and get your Grease Fang, you, you, or you can turn your Rafines Informant, or you say to Wayfinder, any of those, any of the twelve creatures that you've got that are smaller than Grease Fang, you can sack them to go and get your Grease Fang, and then away you go. And and you know potentially with if you're sacking a Stitcher Supplier as well, you're getting the Mill Trigger again, and, and so on. So very good deck. We've seen this for quite a while and for, for a very long time, I think when Pioneer first started, it was like, oh man, this deck is just everywhere and, and crushing people. But it is beatable. It's it's 100% reliant on the graveyard. 
I mean, they can. You can hardcast your Secret Chariot if the game goes long enough. You can hardcast all your all your vehicles. So there is that side to it. But very good deck. You just kind of need to be keeping up your removal for the Grease Fang, especially if they've already milled some stuff that they're going to want to reanimate into the graveyard. You just you know keep up some sort of interaction for for Grease Fang, and then hopefully you can kill it. And uh, yeah, you can you can do things like let the trigger resolve on the Grease Fang so that they bring back their, you know, Parhelion comes onto the battlefield and then you kill the Grease Fang because part of Grease Fang bringing it back from the graveyard is that they have to return it to their hand. So, yeah, you can do do things like that. But, yeah, you've got, you got to be a little bit careful. Yeah, yeah, and I guess a bit like what I was saying with the Angels, you've, it's a deck you've got to be prepared for. Like you yeah, have definitely. to make sure that, yeah, you've got that. Um, some versions also play Can't Stay Away. Uh, to so if you've if you mill a grease fang, uh, you can reanimate it with can't stay away and can't stay away itself. It's got flashback, so you got a lot yeah, of redundancy yeah, there good. as well. So um, make sure you're packing some uh, some graveyard interaction in your uh, in your sideboards. So yep. yeah, the deck I've been playing has four leyline of the void. <laughs> in the yeah, sideboard. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I've been you know I've I've got. Various decks that have got like uh, rest in peace, unlicensed hearse, uh, scavenging ooze. Like you know, there's there's options out there uh, yeah. for for that. Plenty yeah. plenty of graveyard hate in Explorer. There's there's heaps there. You just choose choose what's going to work best for you in the style of deck that you're playing. Absolutely. Right, go another one off your list, then, you? Uh, yeah. So mono white humans is absolutely something that you need to be prepared for if you're not playing it, and it is a uh, like it's mono white. Like white weenie, but white weenie with disruption in, in a way as well. But yeah, so some what twelve one drops, Dauntless Bodyguard, Hopeful Initiate, rec- uh, Recruitment Officer. Uh, they play. Uh, there's a Coppercoat Vanguard, which is like a half a Lord Luminarch Aspirant, Thalia's Lieutenant. Thalia is a very good card in this format. There's a lot of you know, just like it is in modern. Uh, it you know the cheaper the spells get the better Thalia gets. And, yeah, Adeline hits super hard. Uh, brutal, brutal Cathar and Ossification for uh, for removal is is really, really good. And they've got Muta Vaults as well, which, you know, when you've got things that are pumping humans, uh, it, it benefits from that as well. And honestly, like, you, if you go Dauntless Bodyguard or any of the one-drops into Thalia into Adeline, you're going to be winning a lot of those games if you're like that's a that is a, if you're on the play like doubly so it's a it's a clock so it's a it's it's disruption it's a clock and then you know you've got uh you got things like uh you know mutavolt to let you sort of you know get through those last few bit points of damage as well so uh not a deck I'm super excited to play, but absolutely something you need to be prepared for. So whatever your whatever your sideboard plan is or, or main deck plan, uh, yeah, you've got to you got to think about this. So you got to think about angels. You've got to think about humans. You've got to think about sideboard uh, sideboarding in graveyard disruption as well. So uh, finding a deck is hard, right? So yeah, <laughs> how many sideboard slots do we get? <laughs> not enough. Well, it depends if you're playing a uh, companion or not. But yeah. <laughs> Ah, crack so, is well, all about this mono white list. It's got fourteen planes in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. <laughs> um, I I might have to play a Urian deck just to fit in all the cards to hate all of yeah, the other yeah. decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put uh, in the but deck. yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I I don't love this deck. I'm not super excited about playing this deck, but be aware of it. Yeah, definitely. I've I played who uh, I think it might have been Insanity was playing this list. I played on stream the other night, and uh, yeah, that exactly like you said that. Um, that curve of one drop into into Thalia into Adeline is just yeah it's it's rough. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the yeah, taxing yeah, of Thalia your heart and sinks it, a little, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then, and then you know turn four you, you drop a Coppercoat Vanguard so it pumps all your humans, gives them ward, and then you drop a Thalia's Lieutenant and put counters on all your humans. Like it just yeah it gets out of hand really really quickly. So you can't and, afford to stumble. Yeah, no, the the Mutavolts are very very good in this deck for recovering post board wipe. Like that that was a real threat. 
when uh, he's got two two mutavolts on the battlefield, and it's like, oh, well, I can wipe the board, and uh, then you're just bashing me for four with your mutavolts next turn. Yep. So, and then if they yeah if they follow it up with something else, because mutavolts do count as humans, because they are they are all creature types, so they do get pumped from the the various things. So yeah, it's gotta, a lot of damage really of quickly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, uh, lists that I've been looking at. So if you've watched me stream Explorer at all in the past year, you will know that I've played a lot of Creativity. So Creativity's, you know, when I first started playing Creativity on Arena, I was playing the uh, Torrential Gear Hulk Magma Opus version, and it was good, but I found you had games where it's like, yep, a creativity for, for two, and I get two gear hulks, and I flashback a, you know, Sublime Epiphany and a, um, and a Magma Opus, and I've, like, I've done a lot of stuff, but I'm just not winning the game, and then Pioneer version came out that had the uh, World Spine Worm and Xenagos, it's like, okay, this, this is better, like this, a creativity for two, and I just straight up win the game. We don't have World Spine Worm and Xenagos on Arena. So the closest that we've got to that is the versions that I've been playing, which is one of Sage of the Falls and one of Locust God. So if you don't know what they are, the, the Sage of the Falls is a five mana, two, five. And when it enters, uh, when it or another non-human enters the battlefield under my control, I get to draw a card and it's a you may, which is handy. And then if you do, you discard a card. And Locust God is whenever you draw a card... You create a one-one blue and red insect creature token with flying <laughs> and haste. Yeah, yeah, so you creativity for two. Creativity is the one where you get to destroy a couple of your artifacts or creatures, and then you go and flip cards off the top of your library till you hit uh, either an artifact or a creature. So you're only playing the two creatures in your deck. So your creativity of two. You go and hit your Sage of the Falls and your Locust God, and yeah, you you can make as many one-one flyers with haste as you have cards left in your library, and that's usually enough to win the game so it's not quite as resilient as the xenagos world spine worm like xenagos is hard to kill because it is just an enchantment god you're never making it into a creature and it's indestructible and the world spine worm if they do kill it you do still get three five fives yeah there's no path to exile in the uh in the format right uh there are a few there's there's not path to exile but there are a few instant speed exile effects or there, there are in Pioneer wandering emperor and such yeah yeah things like that so you, you do have to, and you know you've got leyline binding you know cards like that so there are answers to it and um but yeah whereas the sage of the falls and locust god you can it is a bit easier to interrupt them you can just kill either one of those creatures and it's uh you're in trouble uh and then the other hard part to the deck is that once they're in your graveyard you're kind of stuck <laughs> You can no longer combo off, and neither of the creatures are really that good on their own. Whereas, like a world spine worm on its own is a perfectly fine creature to get on the battlefield and just kind of bash people's faces with it. So that deck's been doing pretty good, but I have been hearing a lot in, particularly in Pioneer, that the other version, the um, the Gear Hulk Opus version, is actually having quite a bit of a resurgence because it gets to play a much more controlling game. You know, you're, you're playing Divide by Zeros, Prismari Commands, you know, all that sort of stuff. A bit more counter-heavy, that type thing. And you can just hard cast your Torrential Gear Hulks. You're playing in, in that version, you're playing a card that I, we didn't have when I was playing it previously, the Stern Lesson, which is two and a blue instant where you draw two cards and discard a card, and then you make a tapped Power Stone token, which you can use to cast it's your Torrential Gear Hulks. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, it's, it's fodder for your uh, creativity. Yeah, fodder for your creativity, well. or you can just hardcast your Gear Hulk. And hardcasting Gear Hulk is not hard. It's just a six mana flash yeah, dude that absolutely. flashes back and, whatever and you want to the graveyard. That's the version I've seen the most of in plat at the moment. Yeah, okay. So yep. 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 So I think I think if I was going to play that deck, I'd lean more towards the the um, the Gear Hulk version. I think it just has a lot more play to it. Uh, the way it's being built now, rather than the uh, the combo version. If you if you're just playing best of one, the combo Sage of the Falls Locust God is probably where you want to be because it's you, you know your games are usually quicker and easier. But um, if you're playing best of three, I reckon the Gear Hulk version is probably where you want to be. I think it's yeah, it's just has a bit more play to it, has a few more options, and yeah, you can really just sort of sideboard into a full is it control list with Shark Typhoons and a bunch of counters and, and board wipes and things like that in the sideboard as well so cool what cool th- decks i like and, it yeah, a lot of fun to play what do you think of uh picking up volcanic spite so the you know three damage and you can 
put a card from the bottom from your hand in the bottom of the library draw a card. Yeah, so yeah. So previously we were playing. Oh man, I've completely forgot what it was called. It was that like literally that card, but it didn't have the battle text. <laughs> yep. So we, so this is just a, a straight upgrade, just for the random time that you want to kill a uh, kill a battle. Fire Prophecy is the card I was, was thinking of. So it's Fire... it's just the exact same text, but it doesn't. Fire deal. Prophecy only did two though, right? No, no, it's still three. Oh, okay. It's, right. Yeah, it's just okay. cre- creatures yeah. of planeswalker. Yep. Ah, uh, there you go. Yep. Okay. Ah, oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. I I like that deck a lot. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, another deck that you'll see a lot of uh, and. Thanks to the uh, the printing of uh, Nykthos into uh, onto Arena is uh, yeah the the mono green uh, Khan list so uh, eight elves love struck beasts old growth trolls cavalier of thorns uh, to get just as many green pips onto the board as possible for your Nykthos uh, Kiora untaps Nykthos uh, Khan the Great Creator it gives you all of the uh, the toolbox sideboard. And there is a, uh, you know, a, there's a, an infinite combo there somewhere with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah, with Pestilent Cauldron. Yep. F- Google it. I'm not going to try to explain it. Uh, Nissa doubles your mana and, yeah, uh, Storm the Festival is your kind of big splashy card advantage. There's a lot of incremental card advantage, you know, from your um, from your, your Khans and your Nissas and your Cavalier of Thorns and things like that. But uh, Storm the Festival lets you kind of just go over the top. And the amount of mana that this deck can generate is yeah, quite absurd. Yeah. Like, you th- you're like, oh, yeah, it's turn four. They can't really do anything this turn. And it's like, oh, they've stormed the festival. They've untapped... Uh, Nick, those they've they've cast like twenty five mana worth of stuff this turn. It's turn five, right? Like it's just absolutely bonkers how quickly they can uh, they can go off. Um, so yeah, this deck's really cool. Uh, it's pretty much now a direct port from uh, the uh, from Pioneer. Yeah, about the only card from Pioneer that we're missing is Oath of Nissa. Oath of Nissa, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, just another pip for, for devotion and, yeah, kind of finds you the, the things that you want. But Yeah, yeah the, it's, the, it's the green ponder. But, yep. yeah, it's uh, it, it's really, really cool. Uh, I, I really like it. You know, you've got Lair of the Hydra, just the sink mana in and just, you know, have an enormous threat. And, you know, it's a win condition on its own. And, yeah, it's a uh, a very, very cool, very, very powerful deck. So, yeah, be, be aware of that. Um, yep. Did you know... That Khan also stops the uh, <laughs> the the energy artifact as well. So yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it works Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't 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 play Marvel. Can I reiterate yeah. that any more strongly? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the lists are now starting to pick up Pelucranos Reborn from from mm. March of the Machine because uh, again that's a triple blue pip. So really really good for your your devotion, and then it is just a solid creature <laughs> like you can uh, on its own it's a three mana four five with reach so it just works really well but then you can flip it and it becomes you know sort of the uh the worm coil engine we have at home type yep. thing so yeah, yeah which is still very, very good. good yeah, yeah. it's it's, and- cr- it's crazy the mana that this deck generates like you can the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize like without seeing it happen is Storm the Festival can hit lands and put lands into play. So you can, you know, tap your Nykthos and make a bunch of mana and then Storm the Festival and it's like, oh, I hit another Nykthos and you play it. And now you have an untapped Nykthos. And yep. then you just, as well as the other things that you put into play off your Storm the Festival. Which so have extra like, pips, yeah. Oh, I'll just tap that one and now I'm adding 15 mana and now I can flash back my Storm the Festival. Oh, I hit another Nykthos. Oh, cool. As, as well as, you know, untapping multiple times with Kiora and all that sort of thing. So yeah. it, it, it just... Goes off sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, a really strong deck, and it can just it can just play Timmy as well, right? So you can have those massive turns, uh, or you can just like generate a bunch of mana, and Khan goes and gets Portal to Phyrexia or Cityscape Leveler, right? Yeah, yeah. So like even at, oh, and like the Stonebrain as a uh, yeah, as a Stonebrain breaking Khan. up combos is is pretty yeah, rough. I've, it, I've been yeah. Stonebrained a few times with my creativities. It's it's always rough. Yep, I uh, opened a foil one in a pack, so that's in uh, oh, nice. that's in my modern Khan wishboard. So pretty pretty happy about that. But yep. yeah, so I I like this deck because I've, I've I have uh, 
activated uh, Khan, the great creator. He's I've downticked Khan, you know, a lot. Uh, so I uh, I'm always interested in a deck that uh, that runs Khan, and yeah, it kind of doesn't need Khan, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's a it's it's a win condition in that sense. So yeah, absolutely be aware of this deck. Uh, give it a whirl, play it, and. Um, make a lot of game actions and a lot of decisions so <laughs> a really powerful deck uh, and it will win games on raw power but if you can master this deck and, and learn to play it really well you'll win a lot of games of magic the gathering for sure yep yep oh, uh a deck that cracker put on his list that he wanted to mention that I've, I've been hearing a little a uh, fair bit of chatter about and i think you said you've seen this on uh on ladder as well is the mm. the boros convoke list so it gets the convoke name from from two cards. So one we've we've seen we saw ages ago in uh, the recent Ravnica stuff, which is the Venerated Loxodon, which is a five mana four four with convoke, which allows you to you get to tap your creatures and they help pay the costs. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus and plus on counter on each creature that convoked it. And then we've just got a new card in March of the Machine, which is same thing five mana four four. With Convoke, it's got a whole lot more text on it. It's got so much more text on it that they can't even fit in the reminder text for what Convoke is. It has, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards with mana value X or less from among them, where X is the number of creatures that Convoked Knight Errant of Eos. Put the revealed cards into your hand, then shuffle. So the rest of the deck is filled out with a bunch of cheap creatures. So... Every time you and, convoke and this creature out, yep. yeah, and token generators, yep. Every time you convoke that out, you're going to be drawing two creatures. Like it's just going to happen. There's there's no no doubt that that's going to happen. So yeah, the rest of the deck is you know ornithopters, Thraben inspectors, Voldaren epicures, burning tree emissaries, goblin instigators, and uh, and bolt hound that. Uh, <laughs> I forgot this card even existed. Two I drafted Bolthound a few times. Yeah, yeah. Two and a red for a 2-2 two, two with haste. That's just so much value there. Uh, whenever it attacks, other creatures you control get plus one, plus O oh, until end of turn. Yeah, I'm not super excited sure. about this card. Neither I, am I. I'm, I'm, yeah. Surely there's a replacement for that. But anyway, it seems to be a thing. Yeah. But the uh, the other cards that are coming in, in this list, so we've got Forbidden Friendship, which we've seen before, which makes two tokens, two mana of two tokens, but Gleeful Demolition is a, a card from uh, Phyrexia Orby 1, which is single red sorcery, destroy target artifact, but then it's got, if you controlled that artifact, create three 1-1 one, one red Phyrexian goblin creature tokens. So Yeah, so Ornithopter, Thraven yeah. Inspector, Voldaren Epicure, yep, all make- All artifacts. Yep. Well, they all, all, all make artifacts um, in, you know, either a blood token or a... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Or- yeah. Ornithopter is an artifact. Thraven Inspector makes a clue, and Voldaren Epicure makes a blood token. So not hard to turn one of those random tokens into three tokens, and then you can be convoking your Venerator Loxodon. Yeah, and, and then your Bolt Hound makes them two ones, Shorty. Exactly, yeah. yeah so much yeah, value. So Yep, yep. So uh, pretty, yeah, this pretty deck cool is with. this deck is very capable of, of going wide uh very, very quickly. Um so yeah, I, I like it. It's uh yeah. it's pretty good. Dies to oh. any form of board wipes. <laughs> like, just uh, Brotherhood's End or whatever whatever your flavour of small amount of damage board wipe is uh is not good for these lists, so Yeah, no. It's uh and like you, you rely on your um Oh, not even venerated loxodon does uh, a lot of. Uh, no, I mean you uh, can chain yeah. loxodons and knight errants together, and you know pick find more loxodons, and yeah, get your guys up to you know three or four toughness. Yeah, but you're not but attacking when you're doing that. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not attacking, yeah. which is the the downside, and that's that's what you need to be doing in this sort of list. And there's no there's no go over the top. Like I, I would expect bolt hound to be something else that helps you go all right well i've got like 20 creatures on the battlefield now i can do this and just win the game rather than um okay my dudes are all just two ones now <laughs> i mean that's yeah. still good if you've got 20 creatures and they're all two ones that's that's a fair bit of damage but yeah i actually i quite like the sideboard of this card uh invasion of uh gobakan uh is the uh you know the polo veto domodorosa version uh battle um where it you know taxes a card in hand and um you know rending volley is good at killing stuff justice strikes a good uh 
a good removal spell in the format and uh you know ma- magmatic chasm uh, is a good way to you know it feels v- pretty cheesy but it's a good way to force through damage when you you know against other decks that are going to go wide so yeah they and and wedding announcement for against decks with sweepers is is great as well um there's no is there a white like heroic intervention type thing where you can give all your creatures indestructible I know there's like uh, Karametra's Blessing and things, but only targets a single creature, doesn't it? What's the one... Royce played one against me the other night. It gives them indestructible... Yeah, I'm sure there is. I can't remember what it is, though. There's something. Yeah, so maybe yeah. maybe thinking about that in the uh, in the board there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, a bit of a snapshot. It's a really diverse metagame, and... Uh, you know, you can kind of play what you want, and that's why we like it. Um, but, you know, you kind of today just focused on things that you just need to be prepared for, I guess. There's there's one deck that you, you've you been playing and, and having a lot of fun with. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll start to wrap her up. But, um, yeah, you've uh, you've been having some fun and you've been streaming this, Shorty. What are you, what are you, what, what are you on? Yeah, so uh, jumping into Explorer, I was looking at the... The creativity list, been having a lot of fun with those. But every time I've played Explorer on stream, I've sort of gone back to Adventures has always been a lot of fun. Like Omnath lists have always been a lot of fun. There's been a bunch of different decks that have been really fun to play that like I sort of look at them and go, this deck has like four cards that were banned in standard. So they've they've got to be good. Tried a few of those and, and they were okay. And then came across in, in Pioneer the Karuga Fires list, which I know you've played a fair bit of Fires when Love it was in standard. Fires. Yeah. yeah. I certainly played I played a little bit of Fires, but that was around the time that Mono Red was also a lot of fun to play. So I, I played more Mono Red than I did play uh, Fires. But I, uh, yeah, found a Karuga Fires list. So Karuga, the, um, the companion the, that makes you have to have all the cards in your starting deck have to be mana value three or greater. So you're not playing anything cheap, but uh, it, it draws you a bunch of cards when you, when you do play it. But uh, yeah, we're playing, we're kind of cheating a little bit on that, that mana cost. So you, you're playing like Bone Crusher Giant. So you do have Stomp that costs you two. You've also got Leyline Bindings, which you're, you're playing for one, even though they, they cost six. And yeah, you're playing all five colors, just a bunch of triomes and doing heaps of stuff, getting fires of invention into play and then going off. So Cavalier of Flames, you get to play that and then draw some cards, discard some cards and then pump all your Make creatures, all your give things. them all haste. Yeah, well, yep. uh, Kenrith and Cavalier, yep, you yep. Know, yeah, both both give all your dudes haste, which is Kenrith pretty is cool. just the ultimate toolbox. The, the most common mode with Kenrith is you play Kenrith and then you play pay a single red to give all your creatures trample and haste. But yeah. Cavalier is kind of what allows you to like one shot people often where you can yeah, just give all your creatures plus on you know, give them given all your creatures like plus four, plus O oh, and, and haste. And then if you happen to have a Kenrith in there as well, you're giving everything trample, so it just goes over the top. Omnath, broken card. We know how good Omnath is. And uh, yeah, it works really well in this this list. Of course, we're playing Fable. Why why wouldn't we be playing Fable? It's uh, it's just so good and, and works really well in this list. And then Temporary Lockdown is a card that that's just really performed really well for me playing uh, playing this list. The one white white enchantment that exiles each non land permanent mana value two or less till it leaves the battlefield. So it does exile that's your really own stuff, powerful. but it just it allows you to catch up. You know, your, your opponent goes a little bit wide and you just drop that down, gives you a little bit of a breather. And then once you can hit fires and then start playing, you know, a Kenrith and a Cavalier in one turn and have five or six mana that you haven't used so you can use all their activations, it's just, it's bonkers. And then, yeah, a bunch of various different sideboard cards and four Leyline of the Void in uh, in the sideboard because I'm assuming that Greasefang is probably a horrible matchup, so... That's uh, that's probably what that's there for. But yeah, I played that on stream this week. Uh, yeah, I'm two zero in the league with the uh, with this deck, and yeah, had had a lot of fun playing it. So very cool list and and something that's worthwhile looking at. But yeah, it is a lot of wild cards. It's also a lot of money in in, in real life. I've actually like got a bucks. lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I've actually got a lot of it because as you said, I, I played fires quite a lot, but I just don't have the rares for temporary lockdown. But that's that's what is kind of. Uh, holding me back from from playing this, but very very appealing. Like uh, this is right up my alley. This deck, so yeah. yep. um, and not surprised that you you're winning with it. So it's yep. uh, 
it's got some got some power. I like that you know there's a there's a puzzle of sequencing your lands, like what order do you play them in, and uh, and those sorts of things. And then you know you're rewarded by a you know a, a cheap leyline binding, and then landing leyline binding is just so strong. That makes such yeah. a big difference in this deck. Being a, why being does able that to play thing it, have flash, man? That's yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but be, yeah, being able to play one mana and just yeah, exile whatever, like it's so yeah. good. <laughs> and then Absolutely. yeah, when you play when you play your Karuga afterwards, you you get to draw a card because you've got a leyline binding on on the field. It's like all right, cool, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot, lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the decks that we're going to go through tonight. General thoughts on the the format, like good, bad. What do you reckon? Uh, I I like it. Just sometimes it can be a bit frustrating when you you know playing some of those decks that I just mentioned because sometimes when they go off, you know, they're they're very, very powerful and you're like, oh, a bit of a non-game, like they did their thing before I had a chance to, to do that. Like, um, but, like, it's it's modern-esque in that respect. So yeah, the reminds games me are of either old, s- old school modern. Old school modern, yeah. The games are either really one-sided or really interactive and in- intricate with a lot of jostling and positioning and thinking five turns ahead. So love those games. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a, you know, probably my favourite format on Arena, uh, I'd, I'd go as far to say. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really good. And you, you can play whatever you want. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like and that's, that's what makes it for me. That's what makes it feels like feel like old school modern, like pre modern exactly. horizons, where it was like, yeah, yeah, there there is you know like ten decks that are you would class like tier one, one point five, that sort of thing. But realistically, you can play like forty different decks, and if you know how to play that deck, and you've got a you know a decently built sideboard and that sort of thing, you're gonna do well with it. And that that's just, that's really cool. So. My sort of general approach to playing Explorer is, yeah, to look at look at the Pioneer lists. You know, if you've got a list that you've been playing in Pioneer or you like the Pioneer format or you just jump on the Pioneer metagame, find a list on there and, yeah, we're at the point now where 95% of the, the cards are going to be on Explorer. And if you're able to play a Pioneer-level deck in Explorer, then you're going to do pretty well. Mm. Yeah. Yep, the only absolutely. thing that is the meta is a little bit weird a little bit skewed because we don't have decks like lotus field in explorer good so that skews skews the metagame just a, a little bit so it will be a little bit different to to playing regular pioneer but yeah it's it's pretty cool and, and i've been yeah, absolutely loving playing explorer that is by far my my favorite arena format and that's close enough to playing pioneer which is really cool so get into it. it and if you are in our league then uh yeah start getting cracking on your matches because you've uh, you've only got four and a half weeks left already so uh, last thing uh, on the way out the door, Chewy, you wanted to mention doing some paper streams. Yeah, yeah. So we announced at the start of this year that we are going to go to a fortnightly podcast, which uh, we've mostly adhered to, which is great. Uh, but I kind of miss you guys. So what I've been doing, well, what I did uh, with Cracker and with with Ties and Maddie P and Plunksy jumped in. We played some Commander on stream, and I was like, "This is really fun." And we always talk about doing this, and we we kind of don't do it very often. Uh, but I've got I've got like the good camera with the top down view and and all the rest of it. So I'm going to do my best to commit to a monthly on a Thursday night uh, paper stream. Commander will be the default, but if we've got an event coming up and we want to test some Pioneer or, or Modern or something, then yeah, we'll uh, we'll jam some games that way. But uh, but yeah, so just adding to the you know shorty streams every Monday night. I'll uh, I'll stream once every three months or something. Uh, but yeah, trying to just get that content out there on those off weeks. And also just a chance to hang out with people in the Beans community and, and play some games with them. You know, we've got people from all over the country, all over the world. I'd love to just sling some cardboard with them and hang out on stream. So uh, keep an eye out for announcements. I'll uh, be putting the word out, uh, you know, the call for players and, and things like that. And um, yeah, form an orderly queue and uh, we can shuffle up and battle. Yep, absolutely. Sounds like a lot of fun. I might have to get in on that sometime, but... Yeah, sweet. Now that we've we've all got our overhead camera setups, it makes it quicker and easier to do. So, if you're interested in doing that, then uh, yeah, see what sort of setup you can come up with. There's been a, a few channels where we've chatted about it a little bit. You know, the different boom arms and things like that that are super cheap to get off of like Amazon or eBay or something like that. So it's it's very easy to have a good setup 
and have a good top-down view for yeah, really not not very much money. You don't need a fancy camera. You can just use your webcam, but yeah, just getting something that can go over the top is is really good. So do that, and then hit us up. And uh, yeah, if you're wanting to get in on that, you need to be in our Discord. So come and join us. If you're not already in there, you should be. It's an awesome place to be. So come and uh, join us in there, and you can get in on the leagues and yeah, streams and all the various things that we do. So make sure you do that. Another thing you need to make sure you do is go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, and that'll take you straight to the Facebook auction group. So you can bid on the nightly auctions and get some bargains and uh, get in on the giveaways that Pat has going on. Uh, If you head to magicbeanscast.com, you'll find the links for our YouTube, our Facebook and Twitch. And if you'd like to find us on Twitter, we are at magicbeanscast. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at PSync. Chewy, you are? At ChewyMTG. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. (laughs) 